0: Part 2, Chapter 6 of Israel's Faith. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Israel's Faith by Nathan Solomon Joseph. The New Year's Day and Day of Atonement. Chapter 6 In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath. A memorial of blowing of trumpets an holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. Leviticus 23, verses 24 and 25. God ordained the New Year's festival to be a day of memorial, or day of remembrance, that is to say, a day on which He calls to mind everything we have done during the past year and passes judgment on us according to our work. And as he has placed within every one of us a conscience, he ordained that on that day the Shafar should be sounded to awaken that conscience, so that all of us may, on that day, consider our acts, examine our own conduct, and judge ourselves truthfully, even as God judges us. The duty of self examination and self judgment is one of the greatest of the duties we owe to ourselves, and it is right that we should perform this duty not merely once a year on the day of memorial, but every night when we retire to rest. King David tells us, Stand in awe and sin not, commune with your heart upon your bed in the silence of night. Some of us will, no doubt, fancy such frequent examination quite unnecessary and may think it likely to make us too serious and miserable. But this is a mistake. Every morning, and perhaps twice or thrice a day, we are accustomed to look at ourselves in the glass to see if we are clean and tidy. And when we are satisfied with our appearance, the sight does not make us miserable or serious. Perhaps quite the reverse. And so, if the examination of our acts and thoughts and the judgment of our conscience be satisfactory, and we feel good and clean and spotless in the sight of God, the result is increased happiness. But God, knowing how apt we are to forget this great duty of self examination, ordained the day of memorial so that at least once a year we should be judged by Himself and our conscience and so be prepared for the great day of atonement which is to follow nine days later the shofar ram's horn sounding its plaintive and tremulous notes in the synagogue is meant to arouse us from our fancied security to awake our slumbering conscience to remind us of our position Year by year, we are expected to improve, not alone in education and worldly knowledge, but in heart and mind and soul. Every year, as we grow older and draw nearer to that day, which will be the close of our life here and the opening of new life in the world to come, we are expected to become purer and nobler in spirit. Every year, to have fewer faults and greater virtues, every year to grow more godly. And as each day of memorial comes around, we have to satisfy ourselves that this improvement is taking place in our soul, in that part of us which is immortal. But if not, what then? If, when the trumpet sounds, and when we review our ways and works, and examine our heart and soul, we find duties neglected, bad passions encouraged, vices increased, days wasted. What then? Shall we in despair go deeper and deeper into wickedness? Shall we waste our time in useless tears? No. God has opened to us the door of escape from evil, has given us the power of repentance, and the chance of forgiveness and reconciliation by ordaining for that purpose his great day of atonement for on that day shall atonement be made for you to cleanse you that you may be clean from all your sins before the lord the day of atonement is the holiest day of the year the day which we give entirely to god and to the purifying of our soul by repentance. During that day, no thought of the world or of its profits and pleasures may enter our minds. We are to spend the whole day in meditation and prayer. We are to afflict ourselves, and tradition has ordained that part of that affliction shall consist of abstaining from food and drink from sunset to sunset for one whole day we are to forget our body and to think only of our soul that living soul which god planted within us when he breathed into our nostrils the breath of life just as we feel how refreshing it is to take a bath to cleanse our body from impurity so must we feel how refreshing it is to take means for purifying our soul and causing our transgressions to pass away year by year, so that at least once a year we may be clean from all our sins before the Lord. And truly, it is a great privilege that God should have given us the great day of atonement, to remove from the soul the burden of sin, so that every year we may, as it were, begin a new life with a clean and spotless soul, and a light and joyful heart. How shall we celebrate the Day of Atonement so as to receive pardon for our sins? The Bible tells us how this may be done by confession, by penitence, by prayer, and by good deeds. In our prayer book is to be found the form of public confession of sins, which probably includes every possible kind of transgression but although it is right that every jew worshipping in public should join with his fellow worshippers in one general form of confession yet this is not the confession which can satisfy us as individuals each one of us must make a confession of his own special sins not to a priest as is the custom with members of other faiths but to god And to ourselves, confession is the first step toward betterment. We must feel and own that we are wrong before we are likely to cease our wrongdoing, and the confession must be accompanied by a firm resolution never to repeat the wrong and, so far as may be possible, to repair its effects. Penitence, then, does not consist. As many think it does of mere sorrowful prayers of forgiveness nor of mere empty confessions there must be active penitence reparation for the past and resolution for the future if we have injured or offended our neighbor the injury or offense must be made good before we can hope for forgiveness and if the wrong has been the neglect of a duty, we must do our best, by our future efforts, to remedy the effects of our neglect. This is the true penitence of the Day of Atonement. It is little better than a superstition. Indeed, it is a superstition. To suppose that our inequities are removed by a miracle as the result of our prayers and our fasting— the prayers and the fasting are aids to true penitents for they bring the penitent to a proper frame of mind but they are useless unless accompanied by some practical good such as reparation and works of charity and mercy the old jewish sages tell us that the day of atonement expiates sins between man and his maker but not between man and man. For these, the only atonement is the redress of the injury. Isaiah the prophet has indeed well expressed the meaning and value of the solemn day of atonement when he wrote these stirring words. Is it such a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush, and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day unto the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy breath to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out into thy house, when thou seest the naked, that thou covered them, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee the glory of the lord shall be thy rearward then shalt thou call and the lord shall answer thou shalt cry and he shall say here i am observed in the spirit the day of atonement cannot fail to work such blessed changes within us as will influence our lives for our own good And for the welfare of our fellow men. End of part two, chapter six.